The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. 20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2, only on Hulu, Friday. Look at us all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots! 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 This Friday. Dad! He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Who does that? Vacation Friends 2. Rated R. Streaming only on Hulu. Friday. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Welcome back to We Want Winners, Roderick Adams and myself, Double G here, to recap what was, I, I don't even, I'm still not sure what we saw today, it was uh, supposed to be an NFC championship games, the two best teams in the NFC going head-to-head for a chance at the Super Bowl, and on the 49ers side, at least offensively, what we saw was uh, a little bit more like a resembled preseason, unfortunately, because of the uh, the injuries that happened that that we'll talk about here in a second but rod um after a game like this where it's clearly out of hand by the time the second half starts i felt this game was a lot easier to swallow than losing last year's game where they have a great chance to win and ultimately the you know the qb the offensive line the defense can't stop like they just can't make plays in the clutch moments of the game. Was this one easier to swallow for you? I think, I think so, because especially when the, you know, the circumstances surrounding last year's championship, we know we're better than they are, but due to circumstances, you know, like the offensive line being, you know, held together with bailing wire and bubble gum, Jimmy, <laughs> um the their you know subsequently their defensive line just you know Donald and them just you know wrecking shop our defensive line not being just all of that swirled together when you know we're better than they are. This was gonna be a tough matchup if everything went right. Yes. So once yes. you know, so once the wheels started falling off. It was like, you know, it, this is, you know, and then there, you know, you, we're online and people are railing about the fact that Josh Johnson isn't good. I mean, <laughs> bruh, <laughs> come, I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. What are we doing? Who are yeah. you going to go get at the end of November who you're going to expect to place meaningful snaps in the NFC championship game, that guy doesn't exist. So, I mean, you know, so once look, we were going to be in for it. I felt even if Brock was 100% and played his best game. Yes. So once that happened, (laughs) I don't want to say it was a wrap, but it was a wrap. (laughs) Okay. So this very, it's very interesting because I I feel very much the same way. And and we'll explain ourselves here because I think there are a lot of Niners fans who thought, you know, Shanahan did turn, did help turn the seventh round pick and the last pick in the NFL draft into a serviceable player. And he did it against a good team in Miami. Miami turned it out to be not as good maybe as they, we thought they were going to be, but they thought, Hey, Josh Johnson, he's been around the league. Shanahan, you know, maybe he'll put put the plays in his hands that he could actually succeed with. It, it was is just a, a completely different story against the best team in the NFC and uh, uh, with the the amount of pressure in a game like that, where I'm sure Josh Johnson didn't really practice much. He he couldn't have taken many snaps in, in practice. So uh, Shelvin is 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 hanging out, checking us out as always, Shelvin. Our guy, thank you for for checking us out. Hopefully, 
this conversation will make you feel a little bit better about this ball game. That is my intent for 49er fans, by the way. Everyone's heart is broken. I get it. This is two years in a row that this has happened to us as, as fans. But I'm I hope that Rod and I can kind of give you a little bit of sort of the, the reality of the situation as we see it. Not, you know, maybe as Kyle sees it, but just just from from our perspective here. So my second question, you already answered it, was going to be, how did you feel about this game this morning? Because I had many people reach out to me, uh, obviously wanting to feel how I feel. And uh, it's funny because a lot of it was like, are you nervous? And I'm like, I'm not playing. So, you know, there's not that. And I got to talk about the game after it's over. So I'm sort of thinking in the mindset of like, Okay, I just want to see what happens on the field, be able to uh, to um, explain it in my in my own words, and that's more what I'm just thinking of as I'm watching this game. Of course, as a fan, you know, I've been watching the 49ers since uh, 1983, as far as I, as I can go back in my memory. That's the first game that I can remember is the NFC Championship game against the Redskins, uh, which was a bad game too, by the way. Yeah, uh, but. I, I, they, you know, how, how are you feeling about it? And I was like, well, if we were at home, I'd feel a lot better. We're in Philadelphia. Uh, if I was a betting man and I could not bet with my heart, I would have probably taken the Eagles with the points. That's just, they, they may have been an even team, but in, you know, an even game, but in Philadelphia, I, I think it would, you had to favor them. So my main worry about this game, I had two main worries, mostly. The first one, as we talked about last week, which is the 49ers having to deal with this RPO, having to deal with a quarterback who can run for third down wins. And then also ultimately as well, on our side, a rookie quarterback who doesn't have any any real... Uh, he doesn't have a resume outside of this season in these in these games. And, you know, the game is going to be gigantic for, for Brock Purdy, even if he didn't get hurt. So those were my two things that I was really focusing on. And I thought, though the game was was probably played a little more conservatively from the Eagles' offensive standpoint, considering that they knew that the 49ers were without uh, a halfway decent quarterback. But I thought the defense did a pretty good job w- with, with Jalen. There was a couple of moments where, after the Josh Johnson fumble, they were deep in their territory and the RPOs working and, and, and that, and they're scoring in that way. But if you take away the offensive miscues and you just say, okay, here's the defense when they line up 11 on 11 man against man, the defense played well, you put them in these terrible opportunities because of the turnovers. And, and some of it is inflicted on their own, the penalties, their over aggressiveness in some cases kind of, kind of became their undoing uh, in, in certain moments. But the defense, I thought, held their own. So then it becomes Brock Purdy. Can Brock Purdy hold up his side of the thing? And he just didn't have the chance. Um, there was the the two moments that every every single 49er fan who's watched this game, this team closely for the last 10 years looks at the fourth down catch that the 49ers did not challenge. When I saw it live, I thought he dropped the ball. So... I, I I don't understand the excuse for them not challenging outside of wasting a timeout. The Fort Anders waste timeouts all the time. So that, that really doesn't fly with me, but I would have thrown that challenge flag immediately. Cause I thought I was like, Nope, that's not a catch. Where we, where, what are we doing here? And uh, unfortunately, you know, that, that the way that he caught that ball, I looked at it and I was like, the referee is right there, except he's right behind. So he doesn't see mm-hmm. what happens. And so I, I don't even know how he could have called it a catch because he didn't see anything, but maybe it was called by somebody else. Um, and then Niners get the ball. They, you know, they run their, their, their play and they're using play action to open up something down the field. And they, uh, they block uh, Ridgeway with the tight end. And I'm going to counter that statement, which is really the, the one that a lot of Niner fans are hinting at, which is, yeah, I'm sure he expected him to chip him or something to, you know, to, to create a little bit more time. 
it's possible Purdy held the ball too long or longer than he was supposed to. So I don't really put that one on Kyle. I'm sure that wasn't the game plan, which was that the tight end was going to block this guy the whole game. Like, I'm sure that wasn't what they circled uh, on the thing. And said, yep, we're going to win that one. So in those two moments, I do find the challenge thing unfortunate and frustrating. And the people who are defending that one, I'm not really with them. But the but the play that Purdy gets hurt, I don't really put that on Kyle. That was one circumstance in one play that it just played, you know, the worst possible thing happened in that play happened. And that's that that's a rare occurrence in, in a football game. So what were your thoughts on how this game started, specifically with those two scenarios? Well, number one, I don't know in real time. I'd have to put a clock on it. I thought the Eagles did a really good job of getting back to the line of scrimmage. But isn't that the clue, though? Isn't that a clue that we should probably throw that flag? Quickly. Again, I don't know. From standing on the sideline, I don't know that – I don't know where – I don't know if he's looking at them and watching them, you know. You know, you can see (laughs) – you know, on TV, you can clearly see – um, my man Smith is like, let's go. We need yeah, to, yeah, yeah. we need to do this. Um, so I, again, from, you know, and so it's really seen that, um, but like you say that, that is, um, you know, again, and I don't know in real time how much time elapsed between the catch and them actually getting the snap off. So, so, you know, I'm going to go ahead and give him the benefit of the doubt on that. Um, and again, the way it's drawn, do you expect Tyler Croft to be able to um, Reddick one-on-one, like you say, all game? Probably not. But I know, I'm pretty sure the way that play is drawn up, he's supposed to be able to at least, you know, olay him or do something, chip him something to, yeah. you know, um, give him some sort of resistance you you can't just whiff that you know that's just not i'm sure that's not how it was drawn up on the whiteboard is that this guy is just gonna like nobody's you know as if nobody's even there i mean i'm sure that's not how it was drawn up so my man has to make some kind of play and when he doesn't you know that's what you get you, you get your quarterback killed um so again both very unfortunate um circumstances you know like kind of back to back um so again not a tremendous start for us by any means and you know to to kind of piggyback on your point coming into this game um again like you said i, I don't really like worry is you know it's kind of strong yeah or depressed is kind of i mean so maybe sports worry because we have real life yeah yeah exactly that's sports exactly. worry sports for it yes yeah. so my i was really concerned early in the week i spent a lot of time watching the eagles and i was like holy crap this this could be bad you know there was you know at, in my range of outcomes coming in, I I really did see getting boat raced as a as a legit possibility. My best case scenario was that we were able to keep it close and have a chance to win it at the end. I didn't see any way that we were going to boat race them, so that was like way outside the range of possibility. Yeah. And the two things that really concerned me coming in was one Fangio slash Gannon versus um, Brock, particularly the stuff I was watching from the Giants game was how they were just, they had, they had Daniel Jones in a blender mm-hmm. post-snap. Um, you know, they were showing him one, the one picture pre-snap and then they would, they were just all over the place and he didn't know what the hell they were doing um post snap um so that was a concern with brock you know just vic vangio plus because you know i know kyle was going to have brock as ready as he could be but you know once the ball is snapped 
you can't you no know, help coming from the sideline at that point. That's all Brock. He has to be able to um determine where to go with the ball. And there wasn't anybody like um Vic Fangio in the Big 12. So that was a big concern to me. And then on the offensive side, were we gonna be able with our interior line gonna be able to um move those big guys, especially Brendel, because he, he's not a real physical center. And those guys in the middle there are really big and athletic. So was he going to be able to move them so we could, you know, do what we needed to do in the, in the stretch game? Those were my two concerns. And subsequently, you know, I, obviously that never came to fruition with Brock because he just wasn't in there long enough for any of that to happen. And we had problems, you know, moving them and 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 getting push, um, you know, at the line of scrimmage. And again, you know, at a certain point, it that became move because we couldn't throw the ball. So that you know, <laughs> it, it it was just it was just it was just all bad. But surprisingly, you know, it got out of hand so quickly that you know it was just like I started reflecting on. Wow, what an awesome season. <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt very much the same way because it was absolutely not the same team, right? Yeah. You're, you're thinking watching this game going like, this is going to be a tough game nonetheless. We have to play pretty much perfect football unless the, the Eagles are to turn the ball over. And the way that they play, they don't, they aren't, they don't really make very many risks in the, in the passing game. The only time you saw Hertz go up top was when he knew he had one-on-one coverage and you're like, Oh, you know, I, my guy couldn't, can win this. And I thought, uh, Traverse Ward played those balls. Awesome. I think he got flagged for one, one holding or something, uh, which, yeah, I don't know. I, so, some of the fans are really fired up about the refs. I thought the refs were, they, they kind of let it get out of hand as you saw in the end. Some of that stuff is okay. Some of it was like, mm, maybe maybe let's not call it like it's week two. But also, some of the stuff was just bad play yeah. by the Niners. I didn't see there. I didn't see any of those calls. I mean, you like you say, like I think you hit it on the head. It's it's a high leverage situation. Do you do you want to, you know, interject yourself as a ref into it? Okay, maybe you hold the whistle, but on the other hand, I didn't think any of those were any of those calls were you know just bad calls. I you know they were all penalties. If if you wanted to call them, you could call them, um, and they did. So we should have not, <laughs> you know, maybe we yeah. shouldn't have you know done it. You know, yeah. On, on the other, the the thing that I do sympathize with. Uh, for Niners fans or, or empathize with is there were some things that looked like that they should have been called on the Eagles, which were not. So what that, what it does is when your team is singled out, it makes it look like, you know, that they're not, they're not watching closely. There was a couple holding calls that I thought there was the Jordan Mason getting held and then pushed into the, into the punter that I thought was a questionable call. Uh, I think Hufunga when Hufunga hit hurt uh, hurts uh, late on the outside, I think he was frustrated because he was getting held and grabbed. And so that was a little bit of frustration on his end. But, the, you know, the, the Dre stuff, we, we, we were kind of making fun of it throughout the entire season about him. You know, is he a dirty player? Is he just over aggressive? Is he undisciplined? I don't think anybody at this level can, can be undisciplined. You have to play with such a fire and such adrenaline in this game to even be able to go out there week after week. I would never call a, a man undisciplined, but he was definitely over aggressive. There, there were a couple of moments where, you know, if he had just toned it down a little bit, then they get the ball back and, and we're playing football again, but you know, just untimely stuff. And, uh, and, and that was un, unfortunate, but so let, let's go back to uh, bringing in Josh Johnson, Josh Johnson, when the 49ers signed him, we were kind of wondering, like, okay, go, who was the guy that they had that they cut for Josh Johnson? I forget, I forget his name. Uh, but they had signed him when Jimmy Jacob had Eason. Hurt. 
Okay, Jake Eason. Eason. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, uh, oh, who is it? Like, what does this guy have? And then they just cut him for Josh because I think Josh was a little bit more familiar in what the Niners do. But at the same time, like if you look up the word journeyman backup in the NFL, like it's Josh, like that's just who he has always been a 10 year journeyman backup. And so I think at that point though, we were playing with such house money with Brock where it was just like, yeah, if we get to the playoffs, great. And if we get any further, great, we're playing with house money, but that came to to be today. And like you said, at the top of this show, who are you going to get? Uh, I mean, I know. Uh, On December 4th. Yeah. <laughs> if they had signed Colin, we would have been happy, but they they weren't going to sign Colin. Colin hasn't played football in, you know, five or six years, but, and and not, not because of, of, of his own issues. It's just because of the politics of this crazy league. But Josh Johnson is about what you're going to get. And maybe even better than you would get as your fourth quarterback uh, on the fourth string. Uh, you know, he's probably about as good as, as, as some of the backups in the league uh, who, who, you know, if you're, if their starter got hurt, but just, and, you the, know, they were, they were talking about like Ben Roethlisberger is Ben Roethlisberger going to come in and sit behind Brock Purdy. <laughs> no, I, no. I mean, <laughs> if you, I, I'm sure if, if, he was, you know, it was thrown out there and he addressed it. Um, but I'm sure if you start talking to his agent about signing him to a quarterback, I'm I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm not sitting behind the last pick in the draft. Fuck out of here. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. So, I mean, well, so well, then. So, so that, guy, and, that, that guy's rich. What is he going to get out of bed for? Not to right. just be a backup on a, on a team. He's going to hey, get out of bed. And he's not going to sign no practice. He's not going to be a practice squad player. Well, yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. So. If you, oh, and at that point, they were going with Brock. So you talk about guys like that again, and then we don't know. We have no idea when the last time Ben Roethlisberger worked out, the last time he even threw a football. So, I mean, it, it's know. possible Ben Roethlisberger didn't work out when he was an active NFL quarterback, <laughs> right? So what is, <laughs> what is, you know, what is, what kind of shape is week 13 of the NFL season? Ben Roethlisberger in, you know, at that point, like you say, his work ethic was never <laughs> one of his strong suits. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's problematic. So you're talking about those kind of guys and, you know, I, I just, I don't know if you talk about somebody who you legitimately might've thought could come in and play somebody like him or rivers or, breeze that kind of ridiculous stuff yeah, yeah don't none of those dudes are coming in to be brock purdy's sidekick that, yeah. that that's just not that's not you know they're hall of famers what are we doing so do you do that do you just throw that into the mix and like look brock we know you've been working hard but um we're gonna go ahead and bring this dude in and you're gonna go back to the bench there's no i in team but there is one in indeed and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours when you're hiring you need indeed instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all one of the things i love about indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because indeed does the hard work for you They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. 
Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. You know who would have come in? Who would have who would have come in and sat behind Brock Purdy just for the one more chance? Jeff who was Garcia. That? Oh, oh, for sure. One hundred percent. I don't I don't know if Mr. Garcia would have would have passed the uh, the PEDs test, but he would have been ready. Yeah. You know who else today said he was warming up in in the parking lot if, if they needed him? Steve Young. He tweeted that. He said, I'm warming up. I'm warm in the parking lot if you need me. Oh, we're trying to get old men killed out here. <laughs> you know, we, I don't know, Steve, I don't know if you could take any more concussions. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't want to see that. So you know, I think the reality of the situation is Shanahan knew if it got to QB4, they, they, they were done. But I think, I think the pie in the sky was, you know, can Jimmy get back? If Jimmy could get back and be the backup and something happens to Brock, that's the situation that, that they're probably okay with. And, you know, as handsome as Jimmy is, he just, he's, he's not the fastest healer. And, and that's not to even make fun of the guy, but, you know, uh, it, it, he's got a future to look forward to, right? He's got a contract to sign. Season's over. Yeah. He is technically not on the team anymore. So that is my rapid speculation is if I'm Jimmy, why in the hell do I go out here, you know, less than a hundred percent and put any bad tape out here, you know, heading into free agency, man, to hell with that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, exactly. I'm just gonna, um, I'm going to stand pat and try to go back out here and get one more bag. <laughs> what, what did, what did you think about Shanahan's frustration? I know some, the way that some fans looked at it, and, and I'm mostly following on Twitter, you know, in, in text messages with friends as well. Uh, li- trying to listen to these announcers, though, I, I don't know. I, I didn't like I didn't like the broadcast today. I thought I thought that team had been decent all year. I didn't like their broadcast today. Uh, I, I thought that they were a little. I, I thought that they they were a little off the mark with how desperate this game was or this how desperate it turned out to be and they treated it like a game in which oh yeah josh johnson could come in and throw some touchdown passes <laughs> no that was not going to ludicrous. happen right that is so, ludicrous uh, so so maybe that's just me knowing my team better than than them they're national announcers i'm right. sure they studied a ton but maybe you know they they, they did a handful of niner games but th- you're going to the fourth level of of quarterback that that's got to be hard not something you plan from the broadcast but anyway so kyle his frustrations with the refs to me sort of felt like he knows there's a small opportunity to win this game and that if the refs were to call the the game tight from that point on where the Niners needed some help to come back. And so I sort of got it as like, okay, Kyle is trying to get these referees to lay off a little bit to see if we have a chance, but he was pretty bombastic on the sidelines. Very demonstrative. You could, there there was F bombs flying that, that one referee who just stood there like a statue. I was like, man, this dude is better than me. Cause if Kyle was yelling at me like that, I would have barked back something fierce back, but you know, that's his job. He was he was taking it. He's got a job to do, and he you know he needs to be the peacemaker. But what you what did the you NBA? Think about he Kyle? definitely got teed up. <laughs> yes, he would have definitely got teed up. Yes, but um, yeah, I, you know, I kind of saw it as you know, I don't know. I kind of saw it as him maybe trying to, you know, fire his team up, or you know, it, it, it had to be. I mean, you prepare all week you come up with this game plan that you think is going to, you know, beat these dudes. And then the rug is pulled out from under you. He has to know (laughs) who Josh Johnson is. So, I mean, it's, it's gotta be really frustrating. And I think the ref just bore the brunt of his frustration. I think, you know, it was, it was really rough. Um, Oh Rick, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It it is every but thirty one teams' seasons are going to end in a disappointing fashion. Yeah. Um, 
I, again, that was where I was with it. Is is it was just, it was a a hell of a ride. Yeah, it was a it was a hell of a ride, and I I can't say that like kind of like you said about Dre just in I I extend that to the whole team. I everybody I don't I don't think anybody was not giving their all or doing everything they could. They were they just found themselves against a very good football team. Yeah. Up against it. They were up against it against a very good football team and it was it it, it got to a certain point where it was just too much to overcome. So our, our our buddy, Rick Feinberg, thank you for your kind comments, Rick. Rick said, very disappointing way to end to see our season end. I want to thank you both for providing excellent analysis week in and week out the season. I greatly appreciate you both. Well, Rick, uh, that comment means a lot because, you know, as, as we've stated a bunch of times, this was kind of just like a, you know, we just decided to do some live recaps after the games because I, I knew that this is something that Rod w- was passionate about and I wanted to do it as well. And we'll talk about at the end of this show, we'll talk about sort of what the future is with no live games anymore. What are we going to do? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that at the end. So at, okay. So the Niners, the Niners are down seven zero defense holds up. They get favorable field position for the punt that possibly hits the wire. I don't know if it hit the wire. You could tell me that it hit the wire and I would have believed it, but then the dude punted so poorly for the rest of the game. Right. I was like, did it hit the wire every yeah, every time? time? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> uh, and so all of a sudden, CMC breaks off one of his best runs of the year. I thought he was down at least two times. Uh, uh, Juwan kind of held him up and and uh and kind of pushed him out, out of a tackle and so it's seven seven and at that point you're looking at like okay like there is something to this because the Niners are, are still so talented offensively on the you know maybe not at the QB spot but they still have a ton of weapons then Philadelphia pulls off a fantastic drive at the end of the first half the RPO looked unstoppable Jalen is you know Jalen was okay I, I don't even think Jalen had a great game he probably wouldn't even tell you he had a great game but he at that point he's just managing the game and they get the ball back they're they look they're trying to move they're trying to tie this thing or at least get into field goal range because they're going to get the kick at the at the second half and Josh Johnson is in shotgun takes the snap drops it at his feet and it looks like to me all he needs to do is fall on it and he's fine i don't know if he tried to pick it up and stay up or what or it squirted out something happens and all of a sudden the eagles get the ball back and they score another touchdown and then it's 21-7 versus 14-10 which was what i was hoping it was going to be and then the niners get the ball back that moment i think that was literally the moment of truth for the game not that Josh did anything on purpose to make it like, you know, he's trying to win too, but that was the the real the real moment for me to say, okay, hope is hope, but this is our reality. Like this is Josh showing us this is a this is you know the comeback is probably not happening. Uh, I feel bad for the guy. You know he can, he's he he's a. Like I say, he's a journeyman quarterback. He's been paid for 10 years, but he's not hes not making buku bucks. He's not, he doesn't have any sort of uh, contract where he can kind of go, okay, you know, I don't got to worry about the next team up. Like this dude is a working professional football player. He's in a moment that is way too big for him and too big for how talented he is he's not trying to it's almost like i i think there could have been this outcome and maybe one more outcome and this is the outcome that i was hoping because it was the same outcome when brock came in which was josh johnson has been waiting for this moment his entire life to show teams that he can actually ball out what better place to ball out than against the best team in the nfc 
to to win this game. And not that he he is winning it for for this team for this season, but he's also trying to win it for next year so he gets signed to a contract. So that was my thought. It was like, okay, he he's gonna figure out how to make some plays here because he also has to showcase for if he's gonna be in the league next year. And ultimately, you know that that pie in the sky that I had was not was not necessarily the case. And and reality quickly hit, and he fumbles. And at that point, twenty one. To seven, even though they had a whole other half, even though um, they got the kick, I, I at that point I was like, okay, I, I I'm okay with this. Like they they're gonna lose this game, so be it. Unfortunate, everything was sort of against them for you know nature, the football gods, nature, whatever you want to call it. It just wasn't. It just wasn't gonna be today. And that at that moment, that that's where I sat. Um, I did see. When he gets hurt and he gets a concussion and Brock comes back in, there were people who were like, okay, this is how it was written. This is how it was meant to be. And I, I, I audibly on Twitter in text was telling everybody he cannot throw the football. They're going to run every single down because he cannot throw the football. And that's a that's absolutely what 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 it you, was. The second Josh hear, went down, they had nothing. You could see you you could if you read lips, you could say you could see he was saying he couldn't grip the football. So I mean, I that you know that was my what I was saying in chats as well is that it's not like that's not the type of thing or the type of injury that you can go in and get it numbed up and um play through it. I mean, if, if he doesn't have grip strength, I, I don't know what's going to happen between the time he gets injured to the time he comes back in the game. That's going to, you know, reestablish <laughs> the strength in his hands. I, it's just not going to happen. And, you know, some people said, I don't know what you call it. Did, was that a concession on Kyle's part? I, I don't know. I, what I do know is if you put CMC or Juszczyk in there, you know, in Brock's stead, it's going to be run heavy anyway. So, hell, you might as well have him in there handing off the ball and at least maybe he tricks somebody into thinking <laughs> that he can actually throw the ball. Um, I, You know, I don't know. But, you know, to go back to your point about Josh Johnson, what I've always felt, what it must be that he's been around so long is he must be a good meeting room guy, a good, you know, be able to teach young guys how to go about preparing, you know, during the week. But he's never the guy that you, if he has to come in and play, <laughs> it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I, I too, like you, kind of had this pie in the sky thing that, you know, maybe Kyle is just <laughs> magic and he's going to he's gonna be able to get something out of his four-string quarterback, too, and then there would be no doubt he's the greatest coach in, in the NFL. But, alas. Yeah, uh -uh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm with Shelvin. Shelvin said that he saw on some fan accounts they were blaming Purdy for not trying to get back in there. Uh, what one of them was um was it Charles Woodson? I think I saw Charles Woodson was saying how he just needs to start slinging it and not worry about the injury. <laughs> uh Pat McAfee was saying the same thing and I was just like, "Guys, you guys aren't watching closely enough. This dude is having trouble like squeezing his, his right hand." Uh, and you know, the other thing about it is, and if you're Kyle, do you want to put this guy in third and long and have these, these, these defensive ends pinning their ears back and hunting for this guy, right? Cause he's already damaged. He's already not confident in his body and to then have to sit there and take a beating like that, 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 that could have been all bad. You know, I did see uh Terry Bradshaw who, you know, over the years, I, I'm not I'm not sure that everything that Terry Bradshaw says is is necessarily something you should take to the bank um, with his head looking like a Rams helmet. But he did say, you know, if, if, if 
I'm sure he has had the, a similar injury. He did say, like, the problem is with the nerves and is with him having uh, all the, uh, what did he say, all the feeling in his fingers. And he said, that may not come back today. Like, that may, that may take a while. Now, I've, I, I've, I don't know Brock's injury. I, I can say I had... Uh, so I played semi-pro baseball pretty much from when I was 18 until I was about 28. Then I tore up my knee and then I tried to come back and I, and I came back successfully for like a half of a season. But then after that, I, it, it was, it was really hard. But at the tail end of that, what I started to get was a tingling sensation in, uh, in, in my hands. And it would, to the point of where after a game, I would try to uh, open the door to my car and it, I couldn't grip it enough to even pull the thing. I'd have to use my other hand. So this is my my, my right arm. Mm-hmm. And uh, just from the, you know, I played baseball since I was six years old. So it was just the constant throwing and throwing and throwing and, and in the elbow. And so um, there were moments where I was like, okay, the elbow doesn't hurt, but I really don't know where the ball is going. And I would have to pull myself out of games because I'd feel the ball and I'd try to throw it to first. And it would just go like, you know, diagonal and, and mm-hmm. I had no control over it. So I had some empathy for, for Brock knowing that I've had, you know, a similar issue with being able to grip, being able to throw, being able to be confident that where I was aiming was where the ball was going to go because you don't have any control over something that is literally the thing that you have control over as your job. So that is, uh, that has got, that had to be a little frightening for him. I'm sure a little, a lot frustrating. He seemed to be like, I think he, he dealt with the injury. He was like, this isn't good. And then when he had to come back in the game, uh, you know, he was trying to, I guess, not be bummed out. But at the end, I don't know if, if they, they caught him on camera at the end, you could tell he was, I, I thought he was just going to be emotional because he went down, he crouched on all, you know, he crouched in like a catcher stance. He put his head down and I was like, this was supposed to be his moment, right? If you're him, if you are Brock Purdy, no matter if you and I think he's going to be the second coming of Joe Montana, for him to play football the way that he does, he has to believe he's the man. And so if you believe you're the man, you're going into Philly, and in your head, the story is that Brock Purdy wins the 49ers the football game, and that is how you believe because you believe you're going to win this game, and then it gets taken away from you, now that is something to deal with, and uh, I imagine that's going to be uh, somewhat of an inspiration for him in the off season to get better. Yeah, I I think so. I think again when we talk about inspiration for both quarterbacks, because I that's what I've been thinking about for the that what I've been thinking about for the past seven weeks is how this would land if I was Trey Lance, and I see what's going on with Brock. I I mean, I if, if it were me, I couldn't wait till March. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you want to talk about how intense, you know, the prep would be for OTAs. I I can't imagine if he's the competitor I think he is. I think that whatever's going to happen in camp is going to be and Brock clearly has shown that he's got, you know, he's got some stuff to him as well. So it's going to be a very, very interesting um, quarterback situation in the entire offseason, I believe. So uh, um, I'm glad you went there. I'm I'm absolutely glad you went there. And here's why. And and I'll tell you, I'll let you, I'll let you continue. But Mm -hmm. when we talk about what we're going to do for, for this podcast, um, we may not be back weekly, just, because there's not going to be a whole lot to talk about. I think we could come up with topics, you know, every two weeks, just about what's going on with the team. Uh, Maybe we'll come back sometimes weekly, but we'll we'll figure that out. But for the next show, now I'm asking you this on air. You and I haven't talked about this yet. Mm -hmm. The Super Bowl is in two weeks. Rihanna is performing at halftime. I don't know if you heard, Mm -hmm. but I was thinking we should come back for our next show after the Super Bowl, we can recap the game, but we can also pick 
a big picture topic to discuss about the 49ers. And, and what I wanted to talk about, and I was going to see if this is what you were okay with talking about was Trey versus Brock. Like, like that is, it's not going to be Joe and Steve. Cause if anybody went through that being in the Bay area, that was the biggest thing ever in probably in Bay area sports media, but that is an argument. I don't think Brock Purdy is a one automatically going into camp. I think Kyle uh, probably would like to see a quarterback who's in a bit of a, a bit of a combination of what Brock has and, and what Trey has. Let's put them both together and see what we can get. And so I think there's going to be a, a really nice competition for QB one going into 2023's, uh, you know, in, in the fall. So I think we should talk about that. And what I was going to throw out to the to the folks listening is. Uh, shoot us an email if you have an opinion. Uh, gg at bspnmedia.com. I have a new email address for this entire network. Shoot me an email. I, I want to see if we have folks who, who have a you know some thoughts and, and you, you know it could be a, a well thought out email. We'll you know we'll read it on air and we'll discuss it uh, because I think it's going to be. The single biggest topic heading into next year, we know D'Amico Ryans is probably going to be the Houston Texans head coach, you know, probably sooner than later. Um, they have a, you know, there's going to be a Jimmy conversation. Um, I, that that will be mostly from, you know, I would say more casual for Dander fans. I, I think Jimmy's gone. I don't, oh, I don't yeah. think there's any way he comes back. Uh, and, and, you know, McGlinchey, he he's a guy. There, there, there's some guys on the defensive line they they may re-sign. I think there's going to be a discussion about CMC and his contract and how they fit that into the big picture. Nick Bosa's got to got to get signed. So there are some big picture topics to talk about, but I don't think anything is going to be as big as as who's going to be the quarterback of this team. So if you are able to come back after the Super Bowl, let's uh, let's do that. The, the game will be fun, no matter Absolutely. who's you know. This Eagles team is good. Whether it's the Bengals or uh, or since or, or uh, Kansas City, Kansas City's up six zero in the uh, second quarter as I have it uh, in, in this office. So that that's that that should be what we do. So let's hold off our Brock and Trey and like Shelvin. That's going to Sh- be all <laughs> all off season. That that is going to you know I I I have a, a social media person who is a friend of mine and they say the reason that you always got the Jimmy posts is because those were the posts that got the most engagement by far. And and this Trey Brock thing is going to, going to fill that void nicely. It's going to, every other post is going to be Trey is better or Brock is better or who's better. It, this, that's going to be our entire off season. I, I, I can guarantee it. So yes, I am totally down. Okay, here here's a here's a question. And 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 this will just be a little bit of a teaser for this discussion. Because Shelvin has already said he he's riding with Brock. He's shown he can win. Trey hasn't shown any Trey hasn't really gotten the chance e- e- either. But, but I don't understand. No, okay, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not going there. Yeah, but no, we're gonna we're gonna save I just, it. I, yeah, I just let's I, we're gonna save it because because you, you're gonna I wanna give you two weeks <laughs> to Put all of these thoughts together that I know that you are waiting to, to let out. Now that the season is over, and now that Brock actually, you know, he he doesn't really have a blemish on his resume. And he, you know, he didn't really get to play today, but uh, but you know, season's over, and and we can really have a discussion about it. But I will I'll ask you one thing about Trey. We saw how effective Jalen Hurts was with the RPO when they needed. To a run out the clock and b play keep away with the with the 49ers. Trey's tool set seems to be uh, even bigger than 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 what Jalen Hurts does for that team. But if Trey can he can even get to Hurts's level, which was an MVP level this season, I feel like Shanahan would rather have though the the one extra thing that Trey has uh, over Brock which is the ability to to run though I've seen a lot of people say that 
post uh, post the injury from last year that that they didn't believe Trey was as fast as he was. We'll we'll see if that is the truth. But I feel like Shanahan would have so many more opportunities like with so with Trey and that skill set if the if the legs are there to to run like he can. We in training camp when they installed quarterback run game. That one practice, the defense was killing the offense as usual with the pass rush. They run quarterback option. Trey gets the corner, takes it 65 yards. They can't, obviously, they can't tackle, but man, they couldn't tackle him. They wouldn't have been, they couldn't, they didn't two hand touch him. They didn't grab his flags. This is the best defense in the league, and he smoked them twice on the outside. You, Brock is not taking it to 65 to the house on anybody. So, again, this is going to be an awesome yeah, offseason because I've got <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't wait. I can't oh, wait. Here's another question for you, though. Do you plan to go to camp again next year like you oh, did this I, year? I, this, this year, I'm getting tickets for every session. Okay, because we're going to have live reports from Rod coming from uh, yes. coming, coming that, from that training was, camp. That, that was the first time I'd ever done anything, thanks to Dan from our group and Robert both for helping me facilitate um, getting tickets with their, their um, season ticket hookup. So, you know, um, I, I worked. I worked with Dan. I used to work with Dan for for many years. Uh, Dan, our, our group. That's how has I met been Dan. Was from from the work. best in terms of you know, Dan helped me. Um, he got me get those tickets. I mean, the and he helped me get for the. Um, I think he was helping trying to help me for the draft part. The the group is great in terms of um, sharing their resources and yeah. making things happen. So I definitely look forward to doing that. Um, and yeah, so this off season, there'll be plenty to talk about. You know, we got a bunch of draft picks. I know there'll be late draft picks, but you know, we, all of that, we, there'll be plenty of us for, for us to dive in. And I look forward to getting together with you every once in a while and just chopping it up about 49 or off season. Also, I, I've known Robert since he was in diapers. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I've known Robert. Robert lived about three houses away from me when uh, when I was growing up. All right, uh, a couple of other things before we get out of here. Um, who are you rooting for? Or I don't even know if rooting is right. Who do you want to see in the Super Bowl? Because all I really care about is what's the best game, what's the best story. Uh, a, a healthy Pat Mahomes, I think, is the scariest player in the NFL. Uh, the way Cincinnati's been playing this year with a little bit of swagger and they kind of look like they're ready. They they've had Kansas city's number. That is an interesting uh, story to me. Uh, you know, I know a lot of 49er fans coming out of this game. were like, ah, whoever we just want the AFC to win, beat the Eagles. I'm not like the Eagles did what they were supposed to do, man. The Eagles played really good football and, and it's not their fault that, you know, we could not, uh, you know, we, we could not, stay healthy or be in the good grace of the football gods or, or, or whatever. So who do you want to see in this game in two weeks? You, um, you, you made, you know, to me, Patrick Mahomes is still the best thing going in the NFL. So that is that thing. Joe Burrow, I, you know, I'm an LSU fan. So that kind of, he has a special place in my heart. Um, And then, but, you know, I don't know. I've always looked at it kind of differently. I would prefer the team that beat us go ahead and win the championship. I I feel the same way. You lost to the champ. You know, that was last year. We lost to the Rams. So, I mean, that is kind of where I fall. Um, My heart says Bengals, go Bengals. But my head wants to see the best and i i would so that would be in my opinion the two best teams are the chiefs and the eagles and then i'd probably be rocking with the eagles because you know the chiefs beat us yeah and um the eagles beat us too but they're in our conference so i think i think i would you know i reserve the right to change my mind but if you put me on the spot right now i think i'd be rocking with the eagles 
um to um to go ahead and take it all it would kind of to me it would kind of you know soothe the injury because i mean at least we lost to the champs yeah so you know again it's not you know now we lost to the champs two years in a row that's kind of you know that kind of stinks but you know i don't really have the kind of feelings about the eagles that i had about the rams you know you know that's just you know i've grown up hating the rams so that is kind of a a different deal the only the only way i could do it for the rams is because my college buddy and co-host of Thompson to Clark is a Rams fan. So if I was going to lose to somebody, I loved, I'd liked losing to someone who's as positive as him, just about, you know, anything. He's not a bad fan. He's not mm-hmm. a shove it in your face fan. He's a really good fan. So I was happy losing to Brad, but now I texted Brad today. I was like, at least last year we lost to you. Like, I don't know any Eagles fans. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have any friends who are Eagles fans. So yeah. I can't, I can't get that same thing. So maybe, it, it will it will be like rooting for the Bengals or or, or whatever, but uh, okay. Ha, ha, let let's let's end. I was trying to think of a of a good way to end because obviously, you know the the wounds are still are are are, are still open for us for everybody, um, and trying to be realistic about a game like that today. It's probably not the easiest thing for some people. I know some fans are probably so like, ah, F this game, F the refs, Kyle screwed up, whatever, whatever that makes you feel better. I remember in 91 when the Niners lost uh, to the Giants, oh. uh, they were trying for the three-peat, right? Who did oh. I blame? Who who was it? Who, who, who was it easy for me to blame so that my feelings weren't as hurt? Got to blame it on Raj. Raj is done. <laughs> Roger Craig can't play anymore. He's he lost us to get right. And, and Raj is one of my favorite players of all time. So you know, looking back realistically, Raj Raj is great. Wasn't was that was that the Jim Burt game when he? No, that was. Uh... Oh wait, 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 oh, wait. No, I know what you mean. No, Montana gets knocked out. Mm-hmm. Young replaces him. Young hands the ball off to Roger. They're just trying to kill the clock, and Roger fumbles, and it allows mm-hmm. uh, the Giants to kick the field goal to win the game. Uh, yeah. Some 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 fans will also blame Bubba Parrish for that game because he's the one who kind of yeah. uh, let let the guy in on uh, to to take the ball from Roger. But um, yeah, so so I get it. This is not it's it's not an e. But I, I like the the thing that helps me as a fan, and maybe this is just my own coping. You know, for some it's like Kyle screwed up. For me, it's like here's here's what i feel really happened and i can be okay with that which is that the eagles you know the, the you can't you can't take anything away from them it's not their fault that you know brock purdy got knocked out what well, kind of is their fault but just because they're playing hard football um all right so to to end it um is there anything else that you have taken that you took away from this game that is even I would say uh, tangible, like, or was this game ultimately just one of those fluky games that you can't really learn anything from? Well, I know the the one thing that, you know, as a positive that I took away from that I, they, I figured, you know, um, plus 15 passing outside the numbers, the Eagles were the best in the league at that. And we were the worst at it. So I knew they were going to take shots and they did. And we held up really well. So that was a positive. I think that we can kind of take moving forward. Um, And two, I thought you were going to go, and I don't know if we're going to do this some other time, but I thought you were going to go, um, Instead of, because I don't really think there were any players of the game. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that. I we thought that we not. would go players. <laughs> I thought I thought we would maybe go players of the season. No, okay, let's save that for next week. Okay, let's do that. Yeah, then. we'll do that next, or not next week, in, in two or weeks, in after the Super weeks. Bowl. Mm-hmm. So after the Super Bowl, we're going to go big picture, Trey and Brock. We'll go players of the year, and then Super Bowl. What is the Super Bowl 50... I don't even know anymore. I have no idea. Have Whatever no idea. it is, Super Bowl in in Arizona. Shelvin. Oh, needs to... and also we'll we'll be able to. Oh yeah, Shelvin. That's that's his neck of the woods. Yeah, Shelvin needs to go to the Super Bowl, and he needs to be our our, our correspondent. Yeah, our <laughs> correspondent from the Super Bowl. 
Well, hopefully we other thing we'll be able to talk about in two weeks is we've got um NFL honors on Thursday. Hopefully we've got some hardware that yeah. will um coach of the year maybe and I hope I think to me it would seem like defensive player of the year is a lot. Um you know, I, I, I'm I'm waiting to hear at the end of this season that Nick Bosa was a little bit nicked up these last couple of weeks because again he didn't he didn't really he made a yeah. couple of good plays but he didn't get close to the QB today. Mm-mm. Yeah, and and that's like like you said I you said um, like I I fully expect something to come out because that's like three weeks in a row that he yeah. really he really has not been. I mean, he hasn't been his you know to add his standard yeah. of impactfulness. Yeah. So absolutely. yeah, that's going to be, that, that will be interesting to see if that, you know, I had heard some whispers that he was having some core issues and that would explain it if that is the case. So yeah. All right. This was a fantastic season for us to start this podcast and uh, I really, I really love doing this with you specifically because I think, you know, it's kind of funny because when I, I, I picked my partners for these shows, I picked my buddy Brad because he's a radio guy. He did more stuff in radio than I did when I, when I was growing up. He was kind of like the guy I looked up to in college. And then doing something with my son is like so much fun yeah. with, with the death lineup. You guys are great. But doing this with you, just knowing you through social media for gosh it's how many years has it been now it's, it's been, been many many, many, many years. years and and you know we talk about people like rick and shelvin and that's like you know that's true community so for us to you know we met in person for the first time about uh probably like 10 or 11 months ago mm-hmm. when we saw each other at chase when mm-hmm. the baby warriors were playing uh and so that was literally the first time in person so to then uh do this you know with you for for this entire season uh absolutely fantastic i've had a blast and i always felt that even when we were just on the message board or on the facebook group which i no longer have access to screw facebook still (laughs) i always felt that i was learning um stuff just from the way that you looked at certain scenarios so uh, now being able to do this with you and actually talking to you about these things and learning a lot about your perspective, it has been a lot of fun for me. So I, I just, ha- I've been having a blast. I thank you so much for the opportunity because like I say, I, I've got this, my dream is to like be like the Zach Lowe of, of like <laughs> 49er football. Yeah. And I'm getting there. I'm trying to learn as much as I can. I, I really enjoy the learning process of, all of this stuff. And so I, I spend a lot of time doing it. And this vehicle has really, you know, I, sometimes I feel guilty about me. I'm, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm wasting all this time on, you know, something frivolous like 49er football. But now this is like giving me a vehicle to like make all that time like useful. So yeah, yeah this is, it's, um it's a blast. And I'm learning a lot and I, I love to be able to share it with you guys. And um, yeah, it's, this has just been awesome. And I look forward to um, continuing for this to grow and to, like I say, like I told you, I think I told you offline, I am really excited about what you're doing with BSPN media. And I, I just, I love, you know, being a small part of the, you know, on the ground floor. And I just, I'm excited to see it grow and flourish. Yeah, there's some opportunities out there for us to bring people on and, and maybe even in the off season, uh, being able to talk to, you know, talk to maybe some of the the, the hardcore fan approaches like like ours. Mm-hmm. There are also journalist opportunities for people yeah. who are actually doing this for real and, and we can talk to them and, uh, you know, uh, Maybe we can butter up George Kittle. I can get him some wrestling tickets or something, and he can come. <laughs> that would be awesome. That but, would um, be awesome. But but otherwise, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. So next time in two weeks, post Super Bowl, we'll do this again. We'll talk about uh, our big picture with Trey and Brock, and and send us an email. Uh, B- gg at bspnmedia.com is where you can get a hold of me and and all of the shows. 
if you, if if it's not Trey Brock, if it's about something entirely different about this season, about next season, shoot it over. We'll we'll discuss it. And uh, and I really would. I really like the the uh, community aspect of the show where you know we have our friends who, who who we've been chatting with who who chime in, and I want to utilize their their words as, as well. So all right, that is it. Uh, I know it was a rough game for us for fans. Hopefully. You got a little bit of uh, enjoyment out of this and took your mind off of that hor- horrendous loss. But that is football, man. That That is what is fantastic about sports is the better team usually wins. And today the Eagles were the better team. Now you play this game 10 times. Maybe the Niners are, are the best team five out of those 10 times. But that just was not today. So we're going to have to strap it up again. Uh, Niners have been in the... NFC title game three out of the last four years. That is pretty fantastic. And hopefully that means that the more you get there, the more eventually you will get to the Super Bowl and win. And that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, Some opportunities, uh, you know, there's some luck involved in all this. And hopefully the injury luck gets a little better and they can just go on a roll next year. And we're doing this at the same time. But uh, instead previewing the Super Bowl instead of, Uh, for uh, two years in a row being frustrated that they couldn't get there. So otherwise we will see you in two weeks for Rod. I am double G. See you when we see you. Peace out. Hey, this is Elliot Smith from the Arsenal vision podcast. In case you didn't know the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show is part of the blue wire podcast network. Blue wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now they're raising another round on the platform WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdsourcing service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest as little as $100, and in other words, that means you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in a cool company on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their team, improve operations, and that will in turn help this show continue to grow. If you'd like to be a part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash BlueWire. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc